0: Hello everybody, welcome back to Big Audience Inside New Who, Doctor WatchLong Watch long Podcast. I'm Tim Saxby. I've never been anywhere else in my life. I'm always here, and as always, actually no, not as always, because sometimes he's disloyal and doesn't bother turning up. Hello Harry, how are you? Hiya. Sometimes Tim does let me out, but today's not one of those days. Oh, because you didn't behave. Um, I'm going to start the episode off with some good, exciting news that even Harry doesn't know about, because I only managed to sort it out about 20 minutes ago. And that is series three of Bigger of the Inside series three onwards is now available to listen to on Spotify. Hooray! Exactly. Oh my, I have Spotify, I have that. (laughs) Exactly. This was, I know a lot of people don't have um, an iPhone or an Apple product, so they can't listen to it through iTunes, um, which is why we obviously upload the shows to YouTube as well. I'm still going to continue doing that. But it's now also available through um, Spotify. So if you want to check out through Spotify, just put um, Big on the Inside a Doctor Who Podcasting on Spotify or follow the link in the description to whatever you're listening to this on. And then I'll show you how to find it. I think it's on something else as well, like Planet Radio or Rock... I don't know. It's on something else as well, but that as exciting. But yeah, it's available And um, on Spotify. To, to clarify, is that um, Series
1: 3 onward or will the series one and two also be available
0: okay, so spotify. at the moment it's series free because i have to upload each episode manually um but hopefully i will be able to at some point if i have a free day to upload all the past episodes as well it's not something i'm currently working on since they're available on youtube and if you have spotify you also have youtube um you, you know you pay for spotify but youtube is free so you can access youtube anyway um But yeah, at the moment it's just Series 3 onwards. Maybe in a couple of months time I'll be able to upload all the bad catalog. A bit of techie stuff. Um, The podcast so far for iTunes has been uploaded through uh, a company called Acast. And they are great. You can upload as much as you want for free, but they're a pain when it comes to uploading to a different feed. So there's different podcast companies so you can use a company called Buzzsprout, who will upload to Spotify and iTunes manually. Uh, Sorry, you just upload your podcast them and they automatically put it on um, iTunes and Spotify, but they won't allow, but ACAST is real weird about letting you transfer your podcast to different companies. So it was just easy to set up a new account with Spotify and just upload new episodes that way. Um, so there, there you go. You can now listen to the episode on Spotify, can't you, Harry? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, other news. Let's actually talk about actual Doctor Who news. Um, The future companion, Jean Bishop, has been in trouble with the BBC for some exclusive Doctor Who leaks. Have you heard about this, Harry?
1: I have not heard about these leaks, uh, but I'm interested to hear what they are.
0: Okay, so I'm just... um, I'm bringing it up now. So basically what we do every week is I go on Google and I type in Doctor Who and I turn the news results to weekly. And uh, this was considered to be one of the biggest stories Busted, Doctor Who's John Bishop scolded by BBC for committing cardinal sin after sharing spoilers with fans. Holy moly, what has he gone and said now? Um, basically, in a like Zoom lecture thing with some kids from a university, John Bishop was asked where his character in Doctor Who was going to be from. And Harry, where do you think John Bishop's character from Doctor Who might be from
1: well I I don't know why but something something impulsively just looking at him makes me think that he's just an ordinary lad from Liverpool
0: <laughs> okay so this is what John Bishop says that I did a thing with some drama students in Liverpool you know a big Zoom thing and it was a and a and I was talking about acting and how you get into it how you get into stand up then one of the questions was can you tell us anything about your character in doctor who you know where does he come from i went well i went well where do you think he comes from have a guess you know what man you know what i mean i'm not tom cruise i can act as long as the character happens to look and sound a lot like me bishop laughs Apparently, the the comedian actor merely uh, received a phone call from the BBC afterwards. The BBC phoned me up and said, you've broken a cardinal sin. Is that the right word? Cardinal?
1: Yeah, cardinal.
0: Yeah. You've told them something about Dot Two. I went, I haven't told them anything. Anybody who looks at me knows I'm from Liverpool, let's be honest. Now, I think that's a bit extreme to be funning up and telling him not to tell him where his character's from, considering that when we were introduced to Dan at the end of the last um, Dalek special, doesn't it say in Liverpool or somewhere in Liverpool? I'm on pretty the sure,
1: yeah. <laughs> and I can't remember, I don't think any of us were going to go into his first episode expecting Dan to have like a Gloucestershire accent, you know? <laughs>
0: Does the regional location of any character in Doctor Who really matter?
1: Well, honestly, um, yes and no. I feel like the more of... Great Britain, because it's a British show, and I feel like the more of Britain which the show can represent through its doctors and companions, the better. Yeah. So on the one hand, yes. But then also on the flip side, uh, no, you know, the companion... And it's kind of in the same vein as that, that um, companions' characters should be able to come from anywhere and sound like they're from anywhere, you know?
0: And I was quite chuffed when they went to Sheffield recently, because Sheffield's not too far away from us here in Mm. Hull, um, so that was quite nice to sort of have that sort of northernness brought back up to uh, you know sort of doctor it is a, i know it's set in wales and you know film sorry filmed in wales but there's a lot of southernness you know on screen yeah um so it's nice i
1: do like the fact that uh the 13th doctor's sonic screwdriver is made from
0: sheffield steel <laughs> yeah 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 it's great um do you want to move on to the next bit of news Absolutely. Okay, so Billy Piper, I think we spoke about this last series, has spoken once again about why she won't return to Doctor Who. Um, she has said that basically it's too much work. Um, I'm just trying to find a quote here. There was a quote um, a second ago. Oh, here, here we go. Uh, Doctor Who alumni Billy Piper has stated that she won't return to Doctor Who, calling it so much work. In the latest issue of Total Film Magazine, Billy, who played Rose Tyler on the show, explained that in the, it's the face of a family show, and that's a lot of responsibility that I'm not comfortable with. Um uh, she did yeah, okay, so I'll move on to that bit in a minute. Now I think we spoke about this last series, and I think what we sort of said was people would rather Rose return for one or two episodes and not a full series, but it seems that when Billy gets asked a question, she thinks that people are talking about her returning for a full series, it seems.
1: Mm, yeah, absolutely. Um, the thing of her referring to it as a family series here makes me consider um, the name of her Sky One show, I Hate Lucy. Is it called I Hate Lucy? Susie. Susie, that's it. Yeah. I Hate Susie. I'm getting mixed up with, I Love Lucy. Um, no, I just think there's somebody called Lucy
0: who you hate and you've accidentally let it slip.
1: I don't know and. Do I know
0: a Lucy. You do know a Lucy. We have a mutual friend who's there. I do. I, I, I just remembered. <laughs> it, just, it just clicked. It just clicked. Um, God, I hate Susie.
1: Anyway, um, I, obviously, I hate Susie is a show which is not for a family audience by mm. any means. It tackles some very adult topics. So yeah. maybe hovering in the family on here, there's that fear that because she is currently associated with a show that's very much not for a family audience, maybe she feels like because of that and her commitment to that, it would send kind of, I don't know. Um,
0: yeah, you don't like, maybe want to bring kids messages. over. Yeah, kids may... Also, mm-hmm. you thinking of, like, the younger audience going, oh, what else has she done? I know, like I did it when I was watching Doctor. Who. I was like, "Oh, what else has she been in? Secret Diaries, a Secret Life, or a Secret Diaries of a Cold Girl? What's that?" And seeing that on ITV two mm. at two o'clock in the morning, and finding lots of interesting things that I never knew about myself. Uh, but yeah, I know what you mean. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of, uh, yeah, you don't want people. Yeah, I suppose they're two different things. And Billy, as an actress, is clearly where it's hard to set, you know, move on with her. Like people like us who grew up with her as Rose Tyler, she's sort of progressed through our mm. generation you know the material that she produces and stars in and you know does is reflective of what our generation tend to be watching I feel.
1: I mean even in uh, I Hate Susie one of the of what I watched I watched the first uh, two or three episodes one of the key um, things about the character is that she's best known for playing a, car- a popular character on a sci-fi television series yeah, yeah. and her relationship to that and you see her going to a convention and stuff Mm. So, perhaps it would be a bit weird if she were to make a show which comments on her sci-fi past while simultaneously returning to that sci-fi mm. past in real yeah. life.
0: Yeah, definitely. Um, mm. Do you think... That, what What is a companion you would like to see return? Talk, we'll talk. Today, um, the 19th of April... Yeah, is the 10th anniversary uh, since Elizabeth, Elizabeth Sladen passed. And obviously... A lot of our generation know her best as Sarah Jane when she returned to Doctor Who through School Reunion. You um, we, we could mention maybe a few classic companions, but New Who companions I think are slightly more interesting because a lot of their stories are more tightly wrapped up. But is there any of those that you would like to see return?
1: Yeah, um, following to that, on the subject of Lissade and Passing, I feel like it's been said so many times before, but it, you can't stop from any kind of help Brilliant she was. Like me as someone who's not watched her in any classic Who, even watching her in New Who, you kind of even without fully understanding her background, you got such a sense of earnestness and devotion and love for the show that's probably unparalleled by yeah. any other companion I can think of. Yeah. Um so
0: <laughs> I know whenever I look on I, Ryan, I a lot of people like, seem to want Martha to attend, and as well currently um, in series three, coming a player, the Shakespeare Code. Um, I don't really know how I feel about that. I think I would quite like maybe a side companion, Mickey, to return. Or uh, then again, if Mickey returns, Malfoy should return as well because last time we saw them, they were together. Or maybe just have Rory return, or just you know, just something a little different.
1: That's interesting. What's your class as a? side companion because i've heard people kind of referring to characters such as like say you could argue captain jack is a side companion because he was only there temporarily or mickey or or even like kind of in more recent years someone like osgood i've heard some people say oh osgood should have been a full-time companion at some point
0: yeah yeah i
1: don't know no is it no no is osgood that's the one with the tom baker scarf yeah yeah, yeah. am i getting that right Yeah, yeah 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 okay um because there's Osgood and then
0: there's also, also Wayne who's one yeah, of the Yeah, 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 of course. I don't know. I was thinking <laughs> that the main companion who is is whoever is second build in the credits. You know. Um I'm not sure how that's worked in recent years. <laughs> um I think it's been Jody Whittaker, Mandip Gill, Bradley Walsh Tors and Torsen Cole, I think is how it's been listed. Um but yeah, I was thinking if you are stripping it right back to the Doctor and the companion, the Doctor is first list is first building the credits, then the companion, and it's usually supporting characters from there. So Mickey, I would say, is a supporting companion, and Jack and such. I think it's who if you're not the if you're not the reoccurring companion throughout the series, you're a, a side companion. In that case, like Rory is definitely a full time companion because he yeah. was in. The-
1: all of series six,
0: yeah, 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 yeah. I would okay. maybe say that he didn't start as a full-time companion, but he built up to that.
1: Yeah, he was yeah. quite undeniably one. Like by the end of um, their time in Targets, kind of eleven, Amy and Rory were very much a trio.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, just going back to Billy, she's had um, you know all this news that apparently Jodie's going to be leaving the series. Someone asked Billy who she thought would make a good. Doctor, and she said, Oh, I know who. Helena Carter." she said. She's got that madcap energy, and she's a ruddy pa- she's a ruddy powerhouse. Um Helena Bonacarta. Bonner- she's too famous. She's too famous, isn't she? Exactly. She's too famous. does
1: not it... think she's far it. She's she's done Hollywood, man. She she's was done in Hollywood. Club. She was in I mean she was in Harry Potter. She was in countless Tim Burton films. She yeah. is I hate to say it, but she's too big for Doctor Who.
0: Yeah, I, I know. Last week, I spoke about the idea of doing Rowan Atkinson as a doctor, but I maybe think it would be cool for the show if they just did one series with a big A list actor or a mm. big British actor, but they only signed up for one series and it was concr and they were going to regenerate at the end. I feel mm. like it would yeah. bring, obviously, as a fan, you wouldn't know that, but I think it would be cool to sort of go almost like a re- it's not, you're not revamping it, but you're going. Tom Hardy's now the Doctor, what do you think of that? And everyone would go, you what, Tom Hardy's doing a TV... You know, not, not, yeah. Tom Hardy was the first thing that came to mind. Or Tom Hiddleston or something Tom like Hardy that. would not
1: be a... Tom Hardy would... I feel like Hardy and Hiddleston would not work as
0: Doctors, personally. I think Hiddleston, Hiddleston more than Hardy. Yeah, I, I
1: feel like... I don't know. Like, I, watching him in like Night Manager and stuff, I can't see him. I feel like he's almost too suave.
0: Yeah, too okay. charming. But you know, someone in someone in in that bit that of a clerk. I'm not talking like mm, no, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. Or, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, like, like it's not like the popular ones are always like Eddie Redmayne or yeah, yeah, Cumberbatch yeah. as like pipelines. I don't think. I think because of Sherlock being such a close character in essence to the Doctor in so many ways, I don't think Cumberbatch would play the Doctor. Redmayne no. as an A-lister is a possibility. Yeah, I can see that.
0: Yeah, definitely. I see Redmane, but yeah, he's always like the one who everybody throws around, but he's too big now. He's an Avenger. He's not going to do it. Yeah.
1: Um, I mean, sorry,
0: go on. Radio Bane isn't like Fantastic Beasts, but Fantastic Beasts is not... No, really I gonna don't think that's going to be taken off any time soon. <laughs> no. um, next bit of news. Matt Smith has spoken about why he thinks actors tend to spend um, only around three years in the role of playing Doctor Who and he said it's a challenging and taxing role um, speaking with the latest edition of Port Magazine 11th doctor, so Matt Smith talks about his stint in the role of the Doctor saying that whilst his time on the show was the best job in the world and he missed it, it was also challenging and taxing as well. Smith who played the Time Lord for three scenes of and added that like, these challenges were the reason why people often get to three or four years before they throw in the towel um, it must be a oh, here we go. It's a great role, but you're away from your. Oh, no, that's what Billy. Sorry, I'm just echoing what I just read from Billy. Um, yeah, what do you think? I think he's right, isn't he? It must. When I know when Pete Capaldi left, yeah. he said it's a very, he, I think he said it's a TV factory. You turn up on this day, yeah, you, where you shift and then you get home. It's not like the night manager, for example, where you know. oh, I'll do three months on this and then I'll see what comes up.
1: There are so many. It's interesting because you've heard. I've heard this more than once. Like I remember. I think Pete Davison, uh, Peter Davison. I mean, yeah.
0: um, you know, you just know said, him so well. Your personal no, friends with I, Pete Davison. I remember what I Did you think about the I SNL? SNL. He... <laughs>
1: <laughs> Pete Davison is the Doctor. No, um, but Peter Davison. I remember he said something. St- something similar back when he quit that kind of he was advised I think by Patrick Troughton because I think kind of Troughton stuck by this rule as well and then Davidson did it that the optimum time to be the doctor is three years then go yeah. and part of me wonders because going back to when Matt left Matt could have easily gone on I mean I think I'm pretty sure that in the early days of series eight's development it was intended to be a Matt Smith uh, series I think so, probably yeah. wonders if maybe during... Because I was watching footage of the table read of The Day of the Doctor, the 50th, hmm. and David Tennant kind of talks about the idea of him returning and the fact that kind of... of him leaving. I probably wonders, was Matt's decision to leave? Did he have some kind of convo
0: with, with David during the I'm, filming of that? I'm not sure, but we've spoken about this before off air, and from memory what I just remembered. I think it was Alex Kingston who he had the conversation about leaving Doctor Who with, and she sort of spoke about it because obviously she's, you know, an amazing actress and she's a certain number of years older than Matt Smith. Um so she has more of experience in that. But then I don't know if but I remember when Matt Smith left and there was a lot of stuff going on going was he sort of asked to leave the show? Because I remember when they did that night where they announced Peter Capaldi as the Doctor and they show a clip of Matt Smith go, talking about who's going to be next and he never, he doesn't look at the camera and he's very sort of shady and sort of like, yeah, man, it's going to be good. Best of luck to him and all this. And everyone's like, oh, something didn't seem right. And I think I remember at the time reading interviews of Matt Smith going, oh, no, I'm going to stay, I'm going to stay. And all of a sudden it was like, you know, a U-turn. It's like, oh, no, he's gone now. From what
1: I can gather... At least when the fiftieth was being filmed, you, it was even that late on.
0: Yeah,
1: it was the the idea was that Matt would stay and that could. Kind of, kind of, oh well, kind no, it must. It was it, late I, addition.
0: I, yeah, that was. I think that was the last thing they added in was Peter Capaldi's cameo. I'm trying to remember because I went to the Doctor Who experience that year, and they had already filmed the Christmas special because I went in the summer. Um, so, they'd already filmed a Christmas special apologies. My phone just went off. So, and we knew Matt Smith was leaving by that point. I think, I'm not sure. I'm thinking maybe when they were filming the 50th, it might have been, is he, maybe that was when negotiations were in place, but it wasn't public knowledge. But by the time it had aired, it was obviously public knowledge, and we knew Peter Capaldi was going to be the doctor.
1: Mm. And bring that to kind of what's going on currently with the rumors of Jodie leaving. I mean, everyone's all like, Talking about, is Jodie going to stay? Has Jody left? Yeah. It could be very well possible because the show's in production right now, the series. It could be that Jody hasn't decided yet. Maybe yeah. Jody hasn't had that final connotation to decide. But, you know, it's not too late for Jody to announce whether or not she's staying or yeah. leaving. Jodie right now, this very minute, could be struggling to get a good kip at night because she can't decide whether or not to stay on for a fourth yeah. series of Doctor Who? We don't
0: I remember, know. I remember when David announced he was leaving, he did the NTAs and it was before the 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 three specials had aired um, you know when he did that year of specials rather than series and it was before yeah. that had aired but I'm not sure if they had been filmed. I think some of them had been filmed. I can't remember when Matt Smith announced he was leaving before Series 7 started. I remember that because I remember that was the reason I watched Series 7 is because I knew it was going to be his last series, so I wanted to watch it. So okay. if by the time Series 14 airs, we haven't had a confirmation from the BBC that Jodie's leaving, I reckon she would be staying.
1: Okay, so you reckon kind of... We don't know right now when no. uh, Series 3 is slated to air. 13. But um, you 14 it's, But Jodie's... If Jodie is... Yeah. Yeah.
0: You said so series if three.
1: Joey's gonna leave Sorry, series thirteen. Fourteen. In, we're in series
0: three. Hmm? Series fourteen? Is it series fourteen that's coming sorry? up is, It's series fourteen that's coming up. No, is it's it?
1: series thirteen. Is it? No, it's series thirteen. Uh, is it? Oh, yeah,
0: car- carry on then.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. I was wondering why you bring up the number 14. Um <laughs> But yeah, I feel like um, so. With what you're saying, we have kind of until the first episode of series 13 airs yeah. for Joey to announce her departure if she is departing. So yeah. we
0: could be, you know,
1: a while off.
0: Yeah, I think series 13 is gonna air around Halloweeny time, late summer. I want to say. Okay, like autumn. Yeah, like it used like to. Like series yeah. 11. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it's exciting though. I like this period of flux where you don't really know what's happening, but you know something, you know where either yeah. way it's going to be exciting. Um, going back to what Matt of, said. Yeah, sorry. it's
1: part of what makes Doctor Who so exciting.
0: Yeah. As I was no, just saying, I just,
1: it's part of what makes Doctor Who so exciting the fact that it's constantly changing.
0: Yeah. To go back to and what Matt we're Smith said... On our tow, I'm gonna, gonna going to carry on with my point. I've said it three times, now, and I look at full. Um To go back to what Matt Smith said... Go back to what Matt Smith said? Yeah. With, back to what Matt Smith
1: said,
0: yeah. Uh, with him, you know, and him, Pete Capaldi, saying it's like a TV factory, maybe Jodie hasn't had that experience because of COVID and it having that year off between her first and second series. Mm. That she it hasn't been that intense run that the, her predecessors have had. So maybe she does feel like there is another series... That she can give.
1: Mm. That's true. That's yeah. very
0: true. Um, next bit of news is big finish. We've got the last two bits of news are big finish related. Actually, the Ninth Doctor is back. Christopher Eccleston today did a um, like a Q and A in which he mentioned and answered questions really from fans. And one question that stood out to me, and what Nicholas Briggs had spoken about recently, is the possibility of the Ninth Doctor doing multi-Doctor stories. Because I think the Knife mm. Doctor is the only Doctor to have never, ever met another version of himself. The first Doctor has met, or the first Doctor has, the second Doctor has, the third Doctor has. Tom Baker's fourth Doctor sort of has, if you count the curator. Um, Peter Davison has. Colin Baker has. Oh, Sylvester McCoy hasn't, has he? It. Yeah,
1: I mean, it depends on... How
0: much you want to canonize Big Finish, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, I'm talking about just like the main TV show. So Sylvester McCoy hasn't, and Christopher Eccleston mm. hasn't, but uh, Old he has again. yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I forgot about those. Um, but yeah, so I've got a quote here from Nicholas Briggs somewhere, I'm just trying to find it. Um, he said, Why is it that people want the doctors to get together? I mean, we do, we all do, we want the doctors to get together, we do like a doctor. We do like the Doctors to get together, don't we? But it's always very difficult to do it when... uh, Hang on, here we go. But it's always very difficult to do it, and we've done it quite a lot. He's added, um, I wouldn't rule it out, but I don't think it would be Chris's number one priority, although I'm sure he'd be on board for something like that. And it's not our number one priority at the moment. We're focusing on giving lots of great stories to Knife Doctor, which are uh, about the Knife Doctor. I think meeting other Doctors, that's a whole different thing, but I, but I think it would be a wonderful, and fingers crossed, maybe one day it, we could do it. So I read that, and I sort of thought, ah, that's probably not going to happen. You know, that's sort of Nicholas Briggs going, if Chris wants to do more, we'll do more after this initial box set. But then today, just let me finish, in the video that was released on the Doctor 2 YouTube channel, Chris mentioned about meeting past Doctors, and he spoke very openly about the idea of future... He never said, I'm going to do more, but it was... the He he never said, oh, it's a one and done, or let's see what happens. It was, oh, I would like this, that would be interesting. So it makes me think that there is the opportunity for a second box set in which you can meet classic doctors. Harold, Mm -hmm. what are your thoughts on this?
1: Well, I'm going to do this in two tiers. Firstly, uh, addressing what Chris uh, said in that interview that he did. Um... Interestingly, when he was asked about any doctors specifically, the one he mentioned was uh, Patrick Troughton. Yeah.
0: Um
1: Now I don't know. Um, does are there any kind of impersonations like John Coulshew? There is a guy called Peter Patrick Walsh who
0: does an amazing Patrick Trouton impression. I don't think he works for Big Finish. Mm. And I, I know
1: Big
0: there's um, done, Space, who, Go on, uh, Smith.
1: No, I was going to say, um, well, there's Rishi Smith, but also who's the. Actor who played Jamie. Oh, because
0: he does a lot of uh, yeah, stories. I know who you mean. Yeah, I can't remember. Uh, Fraser Hines.
1: He does a, yeah, Fraser Hines. Fraser Hines himself also does a pretty good Patrick Trout impression.
0: Mm.
1: So whilst obviously we don't have Trought anymore, it is within the realms of possibility something yeah. like
0: that happening. Um I also feel like maybe Chris said Patrick Trouton in the hopes that he would say an, an actor who's no longer alive and therefore that would kind of shut the door on it.
1: That is also a possibility. Um, But I'm being optimistic. Um, Also, one of the things from the interview that kind of Chris said was one of the things that brought him to the role, other than the fact it was a pandemic and it was paid work, was the quality of the writing. Mm. Um, And that the writing was really good. So perhaps, you know, even post-pandemic, if he's had a good experience with Big Finish and they come to him again with a really enticing script... Maybe yeah. now he's kind of dipped his toes in and he's had a good experience with it. Maybe he's all the more likely to uh, return now when he wouldn't have yeah. previously.
0: Yeah, I see what you mean. I feel like I know they've approached him before and he said no because it wasn't the right time. And I think the right time is because we're in a pandemic. But that right, even though the right time is a negative, hopefully that's going to open the door to more things. It's almost like he was sort of forced into this, but because he's forced into it, he's realised that it is more than just. Going, oh, fantastic, or whatever. There is there is like this qu- really high quality of writing.
1: Mm. And um, going back to the stuff about doctor cr- crossovers, and you mentioned all the kind of the doctors who haven't had a crossover. Yeah. And that made me go into. 60th anniversary, a speculation mode. I know we've pretty much every episode we do some kind of speculation about the 60th, yeah. even though it's like years off, it's just <laughs> two years to,
0: off at the moment. Yeah,
1: what if, what if for the 60th they didn't bring back the most popular doctors, they brought out the doctors who haven't crossed over? Do you know which what? Would I be think those... McC- McCoy, McGann, Eccleston, and well, and I guess Whittaker. Capaldi. I know um, Capaldi just... met
0: Capaldi met the first doctor, didn't he?
1: But he didn't meet the. He didn't meet Hartnell. That's you know? true. That's true. I'm just saying, like those that lineup of doctors, they're not like the most popular doctors. Yeah. Well, I know Capaldi's pretty popular nowadays, but they are all kind of underrated, kind of yeah. dark horses. That would be a really cool kind of crossover thing to yeah. do as a bit of an alternative. I don't think it's going to happen. Paul. I don't think it's going to happen at yeah. all. Yeah. I don't think it's going to
0: happen at all. Because I remember Stephen Moffat did a thing where he said, the reason he didn't have Paul back is because the BBC were like, that's not a big enough draw. Um, But I feel like since then they've sort of gone, Oh, actually it would have been a big enough draw actually uh, to have Paul McGann back and Sylvester McCoy, who can definitely still get away with playing that role uh, as we saw in that brief DVD advert. Um, yeah, that'd be great. I'd love that. But then at the same time, I do think um, Tennant will be there, and Smith from his last quote scene, he loved it and he missed it. Smith will be there. Tennant will be there. Um, my ideal lineup, I'll say it. Oh, uh, my ideal lineup, and also including the idea that certain actors probably won't want to do it anymore. Tennant, Smith, Capaldi, Whitaker, McGann, and McCoy. Okay. I feel like... Past, I just want to say, I feel like if you go to Doctors before McCoy, the realistic r- r- possibility of them still looking like the role that they once played isn't there anymore. Um, McCoy is on that cusp. Um, I don't feel like going to return, and I'm including Whittaker, because I imagine that she might... I'm just hypothetically saying she will still be the Doctor at that okay. point. Harold?
1: Uh, okay. I had another (laughs) cray-cray thought. Are you ready for my? So, number five, Doctors. That was for the uh, 20th anniversary of the show, right?
0: Yeah, which we will be doing later this year.
1: Yeah. What if they skipped the 60th and instead... In 2025, for oh, the Jesus. 20th anniversary of the revival, they did the five new Doctors oh, and brought back yes, yes. all five of the new Who Doctors and you know did a similar that. story.
0: <laughs> I I feel that when they, they did the 50th and then the next year, it was either the next year or the year after, the year after, sorry, yeah, the 50th was 2013. And in 2015 was the 10th anniversary of when Doctor returned, and they didn't do anything to celebrate it. And I feel they should have. So perhaps that is a good idea. Or, oh, man, I mean, the thing is you say something of my brain. I I've goes, said it, you I mean, want it. Not yeah, want I it. really <laughs> want that. But then I'm also like, I really want to see some classic Doctors on the telly. But then I was thinking, when you said that, I thought, oh, maybe they could do that in Big Finish maybe have Chris and David oh maybe just do Chris and David together on big finish cuz that's like the start of the 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 20 yeah. you know what I mean they kicked it off so maybe have yeah. those two meet in big finish but i feel it was a shame that they didn't do anything to remember um the 10th anniversary of the new yeah. series
1: but what you said kind of when on the subject of kind of ninth doctor crossovers honestly the 10th Doctor is kind of at the top of the list just yeah. because it just does feel like that crossover we never had.
0: Yeah, definitely. That, that, they're, they're my. Uh, uh, no, I love Patrick Tryon, he's one of my favourite doctors. He's probably my second favourite doctor. But my doctors are uh, Christopher Eccleston and David Tennant, because that's my era, that's what I grew up on. And there's not even a damn photo of them together. They're in like one shot of one TV drama together from like. Actually, the-
1: they, they weren't even in the same shot. Are they not, no, They're I think, in different shots. Oh,
0: well, there you go. And it's like, if, even if I... And I've met them both, and they were both really nice, but I never got... And you met them at the same, yeah, same event? Yeah, on the same day, at the same event. But I never got to... I never saw them cross the wires. And there's pictures of Peter Capaldi and Matt Smith together, and Matt Smith and David Tennant, and there's uh, some And video Matt Smith of, and
1: Christopher Eccleston.
0: Yeah, have you seen that, where they shake hands, and Christopher Eccleston's, yeah. like, pointing at him... And there's one where Peter Capaldi and Christopher Eccleston are meeting in a lift. But my two doctors, Christopher Eccleston and David Tennant, never had that. And I know they've met afterwards. David's mentioned it, but I need to see it. <laughs> I mean, you know,
1: even though they did Big Finish, they could record separately, so they might still not
0: meet. Yeah, no, but that's the interactions there. Do you know what I mean? And you that. want them to? Yeah, I know what you mean. I know exactly <laughs> yeah. what you mean. Um, talking of interaction between two Doctors, I don't, I don't imagine you've had chance to hear it yet, Harry, but the new trailer for Out of Time 2 has come out, which is the big finish, 10th Doctor team-ups. In this episode, he teams up with the 5th Doctor, Peter Davison, for the second time as they battle Mondasian Cybermen. Um, have you Have you managed to listen to this yet, Harry?
1: I haven't listened to it yet.
0: Shall I, I'll tell you what we'll do. Um, we'll pause um... this recording and I will send you a link to it.
1: Wait, wait, I can fi- probably find it just on YouTube.
0: Okay, I'm just going to pause recording, and then when we come back in a split second, Harry will have listened to it. Well, and like that, Harry has listened to the pod, uh, has listened to uh, Out of Time 2, The Gates of Hell. Um, what do you think?
1: Um, yeah, it seems like a pretty solid, big finish story. Yeah. Uh, got a lot of, uh, you know, those high stakes, big names, higher concepts than you normally get in the usual show. Yeah. I didn't catch the 10th Doctor and the 5th Doctor actually talking to each other. In it.
0: Yeah, this is what I said with Harrison. I think there is right at the end. But I said to Harrison, who sometimes steps in when Harry's busy doing whatever he wants to do, um, and he said that he quite likes that. It saves it for the episode, but I also, when I'm listening to the trailer, I want maybe just a fleet of that, of maybe, oh, it's you again. Yes, hello, it's me. Oh, you know, something... 'Cause I feel like maybe to a, an outsider they might go, Oh, do they actually meet or are they just both on the cover or you know, what is this? But you know yeah. people... I do wonder,
1: would they uh would they make a reference to Time Crash?
0: Would they uh well I think it is canon yeah. that. Um but yeah. yeah, I think they probably would mention it. Oh these mm. go Oh, it's you again or something like that or Yeah.
1: Well that'd be just that be should be a lot of fun. It's yeah. yeah. like, oh you're looking younger this time.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that would be fun. It's interesting to hear
1: how none of the Doctors who do Big Finish, the performance they give in Big Finish is always slightly different to how they performed as the Doctor. Like, yeah. David is definitely a bit higher. Obviously, Pete's voice has changed um, because of time that's passed. And it, it, you just wonder how much of it is to do with like the passage of time and how much it is to do with having to alter your performance to yeah. kind of working with the medium of audio drama.
0: In that Christopher Eccleston interview, he said that he had to change his acting style because he's a very physical actor and he's had to sort of stand still mm. and change the way he delivers lines because he has to deliver more emotion through his voice. So I think maybe that's slightly yeah. some of it. It's interesting. That's true because
1: like, in... Uh, Chris's trailer, we got there was a lot of kind of very concentrated vocal just energy, and it was much very emotive, yeah, and just full of life. Yeah, yeah, that explains
0: it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm all out of news. Any news that we that you can think of, Harry, or anything you want to mention that we haven't mentioned? Uh, nope, not
1: that I can think of.
0: No, cool yeah. beans, right? Thanks for it. It's been a long, epic, long news episode. Lots of news this week. I like it when there's lots of news. I feel like we're not padding as much. Yeah. I feel like. You guys have had a lot to listen to. And if you want to listen to more, you can do that by going over to Spotify, if you've forgotten about that. Um, So, over to Tim and Harry from the past, as they... Oh, wait, no. Um, Oh, Harry, start doing the thing where we try and lead into the episode in that funny way that we sometimes do, if we remember.
1: Which which episode is this one? Shakespeare Code. Uh, okay. Hey, um... Uh, so, Tim, um, you know, you know how I'm, like, training to be an actor? Yeah. Well, you know, one of the biggest hurdles was, uh, studying the work of, uh, William Shakespeare. Wait, hang on.
0: This isn't the the Shakespeare kind, I don't think. What is it? I think it's Smith and Jones.
1: (laughs) Okay. Uh, (laughs) I had a whole thing set up as well. I need
0: to check. Hold on. Let me check which episode this is. I'm pretty sure it's <laughs> Smith and Jones. It's runaway Bride last week, because we started series Let me It was Runaway Bride last week. Yeah, so Yeah. It's, it, it is Smith and Jones. It's Smith and Jones. Go on. Think of something quick. I'll do something. <sighs> oh, uh Jeez, Harry, I've had a nightmare week at uni. Oh yeah,
1: what's happened?
0: Well, I had to well, I cracked a fill again. I had to go to the dentist and the people at the dentist. The, the receptionist was, she was okay, but you know, I took note of her who she was. You took note of her. Yeah, I like remembered her name. Yeah.
1: Okay.
0: Yeah, and I then I that. went and saw the dentist, and he, he was okay, but I was just like, you know, I thought he could have done a better job. So I've had to send an email to uh, like the head of the dentistry people about those particular people.
1: Okay, Uh, what were those people
0: called? Oh, Smith and Jones.
1: (laughs) Ah, right. Speaking of Smith and Jones!
0: Jesus Christ. Enjoy it, guys. If it is Smith and Jones. Shut up! Shut up! Shut the ditty up, up, up!
1: is a command from the Daleks. All listeners are demanded to subscribe to our Patreon. Subscribe or you will be exterminated. Seek, locate, subscribe.
0: What's the point in having you all? oh that was, um, that was some news there, Harry. There was some news.
1: It really was. Really was i got be honest, we're getting pretty desperate of the way we're filling out those new segments. Like that one, like we had like two points and we talked about bananas for thirty minutes.
0: <laughs> I like bananas. Bananas are good. They're a good source of potas- potassium.
1: Thank you, thank you for. Uh, I knew exactly where I wanted that to go, and you did that.
0: You're welcome. Um, welcome everybody to the watch along segment of the podcast. Um, this is the more grown up section. We don't do any funny jokes. We just talk about the art of making television. Because this is the start, the real start of Series 3. Um, Smith & Jones has the start Series 3 last week. The actual televised series last week for us was the start when we did. The Runaway Brad. Um, Why did you uh, do it with a Northern
1: accent? <laughs> Don't it know, takes place in London.
0: I've got Christopher Eccleston on my mind. Christopher is always on my mind. Always on my mind. You were always on my mind. Um, yeah, Smith & Jones, Series 3, Episode 1. Series 3 already, that's crazy. Yeah. Uh, um, what did you think of Smith & Jones, Harry?
1: I thought it was a very, very strong opener. And I actually started thinking whilst watching it, it could potentially be a strong way into the show. Hmm. Um, Could it be up there with um, Rose and the 11th hour as kind of a good entry point into the series?
0: I did write, I'm just trying to find it here. I did write in my notes somewhere. Uh, Yeah, it reintroduces all the elements of Doctor Who very quickly. So it introduces the fact that he's an alien, the TARDIS, the sonic screwdriver, a new companion, the Doctor. I really like the way it introduces the TARDIS because I think it tries to do what they did in Rose, where you just see it from a distance and the camera just passes, you know, and then later on you get the big reveal of what it actually is. But whereas this, it's more like you just see it on its own. The Doctor's not even there. The Doctor's on the moon. And then <laughs> the TARDIS is just there. I think that's a really cool way of reintroducing stuff. But, yeah, no, it's a really good um, introductory episode for people who want to watch Doctor Who. Because Series 2 still follows on a lot of the tropes from Series 1. So you, Absolutely. You, so if you can't just watch series two if you want to watch David Tennant. If you just want to watch David Tennant, you start with um, series three.
1: I'd say so, and especially because we said this watching Runaway Bride, but kind of series three really feels like the series where David Tennant fully came into his own and really understood yes. what he wanted to do with
0: the Doctor. Big time, yeah. Um, I literally, about five minutes before we did this call, was listening to the audio commentary, and Free Marajime was saying how, she was quite nervous to work with david on um, she 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 was quite thankful that her first day filming wasn't with david because she was so nervous about acting with the doctor and with david that she thought it would be too much pressure because but i then i thought oh that would have probably been the same as it was with david in series 2 his first day must have been like oh I, actually no I, I would imagine it would have been different i imagine he he did want to work with billy because she had already been there yeah, She had already done a series and he's coming in as the new lead, I guess. But when you're the new, to um, so coin the phrase, assistant to the Doctor, maybe to not have your first scene be with the Doctor would be quite a nice introductory way to join the series. And also, it's not even Freema's first time on Doctor Who. She was in Series 2, Episode 12?
1: Yes. Yes, yeah, she was an army of ghosts.
0: What did you think to the way they um, sort of iron out that potential plot hole?
1: They said, I can't remember, and there was a relative of Martha. Did they say it was a cousin?
0: I think it's a cousin, yeah. They say my cousin works at Canary Wharf and she, she, one day she just never came home. But from what I could gather, she wasn't very dedicated at her job anyway, so it's probably good riddance, is what I say.
1: <laughs> Christ, she got turned into a sideman.
0: Yeah. Probably did a better job at being a sideman than she did working for Tortured. Wanted to go off Sleeping with, uh, I He was just name.
1: snogging, come
0: on. Yeah, snogging that's only it, because it's BBC BBC One 7.30. <laughs> well, you're um, saying if it was on Torchwood, they would have
1: been, actually, if it was not Torchwood, yeah, yeah, they would have been, Exactly.
0: Yeah. <laughs> they wouldn't, they wouldn't have even left the room on Torchwood. <laughs> um, so this, the episode opens with a very jarring look at mid-2000s fashion, in a sequence that quickly establishes Martha's family is very different to Rose's family not just by the nature of the culture and the race of the characters I'd like to get into the fact that Freema amazingly was the first black female assistant in Doctor Who up to that point that's crazy but the fact that she has a brother a sister a father a mother a, a possible stepmother compared to Rose who really just had Jackie and Mickey How did you do? You think that's a deliberate choice to give Martha this big family to really separate her away from Rose, who had a relatively small niche.
1: I think so. I mean, on the surface, they're both young. Is Martha meant to be nineteen as well?
0: Yeah, is that is that how old? Oh, sorry, um, I don't know how old. I think Martha's maybe meant to be a bit older. Okay, and maybe say about twenty-three. If she's okay. just, she's training
1: she... to be a doctor, isn't she?
0: Yeah, so I imagine she's done university and things like that. So yeah, twenty-three, round about that age, I would say. I'll have a look online in a second whilst you finish your point.
1: I mean, on the surface, they are in sense they're both um, young women who've grown up in London, yeah. But aside from that, um, he really does a lot to kind of set apart these two characters. Obviously, Martha's had much more of an education than Rose. Um, also, like you said, her family is much bigger. She's got a whole family unit and a whole dynamic with that. Yeah. Um, I can't actually remember how much in this series they explore that family dynamic, because obviously, in um, with Rose, even from the get-go, Jackie and Mickey were kind of very prominent secondary characters.
0: Mm. I think they get some play. I know in the Lazarus experiment, they all get together, don't they? Mm. And at the towards the end of the series, oh no, not this series, next series, we get some of Martha's mum. She gets to have more of a play. I'm thinking with when Martha... I uh, will get to series four when we get to series four. There's no point jumping to gun, But I think they get some play within it. I think her sister gets a bit of play. I don't think Reggie Yates... I don't think he gets much play as her brother. And I don't think the dad and the stepmom gets much play. It really is the sister and the mother who I think we see the what? most.
1: Reggie Yates, by this point, was he DJing on Radio 1 when he was on Doctor Who?
0: I don't know if he was on Radio 1 at this point, but he was definitely still on CBBC. Ah. Doing whatever that show was where they went to America with Fan Cotton and they always got their suitcases at the end of it. Do you remember that?
1: Okay, that rings the vast, (laughs) locked, sun, deep memory within me that I didn't even realise was there
0: uh what did you think to the reintroduction of the doctor that's really fun the way he just walks up to in the middle of the street and whips off his tie
1: yeah it's kind of the first time i can think of where the show really plays with time travel It's yeah. kind of at least in new who and it's fun it's it's bizarre but it's it's effective um
0: <laughs> it asks a lot of questions which I think, like we yeah. said, if you were, uh, it was called Only in America, that series was called, 2005, ran for one series from um, the 15th of October, 2005. Anyway, um, so yeah, it answers a lot of questions. I think, for, sorry, it asks a lot of questions. I think for someone who was watching this for the first time, that's a good thing to keep you watching because yeah. you're like, why is bring... this guy? Yeah. Sorry, go on. I'm
1: going to say, like, I mean, it's probably you going to say, but that it kind of brings back that element, that air of mystery to the doctor and the character of the doctor and the nature of him, which yeah. I feel like any introduction should do. Because I feel like there should always be, you know, a bit of distance about between the companion and the doctor at first, because there's just so much to the doctor as a character that you can't really unpack it all in their first episode with them.
0: Yeah. but well, I feel like in this episode in particular, the Doctor and Martha or the Doctor very quickly sees that he wants Martha as his new companion. And almost instead of There is always a scene where the Doctor convinces the companion to join the TARDIS. Like with Rose, where he's going, you could stay here and fill your face with chips or you could run away with me. She thinks about it, but she's straight on board. But with I feel with the Doctor and Martha, he knows straight away that he wants Martha as his companion and basically spends the next 40 minutes trying to persuade her and encourage her and and make sure that she is excited about this alien life. And that especially is the scene when they land on the moon and they go out onto the balcony and they see the Jadoon landing and she's just like blown away and she's not asking questions, she's giving answers, she's going yeah. oh well there must be some sort of protective bubble if we are to- if we can breathe rather than going how come we can breathe? And...
1: Yeah, from the get-go kind of Martha's shown to be on much more equal footing with the Doctor. Obviously Rose was very kind of starry-eyed in awe of the Doctor, although she grew more into kind of a role that was more equal.
0: Yeah. But kind of here,
1: yes, there is some of that kind of admiration from Martha, but at the same time, she's taking a lot of initiative. And like you said, she's kind of figuring stuff out, answering those questions um, before kind of even needs to ask her to.
0: Yeah. Um, what was it? Yeah. I was just looking at my notes here. One of my notes says she's the companion from the very start. It's not like, is she going to be the new, even though we know, but you know what I mean? There's no like questioning about it. Um, I just want to go back to the Doctor. I love that he's... I don't know if you picked up on this. When he's in the hospital in the bed, he's wearing the same pyjamas that Jackie gave him in the Christmas invasion.
1: Yeah, I saw that. He just kind of held on to them.
0: Yeah, I quite like that, yeah. Um, I really like that scene where he's in the hospital bed because I, I can't remember what leads up to it, but then he just randomly explains the day he was with Benjamin Franklin and he was saying... And I was flying his kite, and I got rope burn. And then I got struck by electricity, and it was raining. (laughs) 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 Like, he was there. It's so good. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, going back to what we said last week with The Runaway Ride, this this is really a strong series for the 10th Doctor. And especially for David, he's really cemented in that role. He's got you know, that it's now hard to picture anybody else in it. That first series, a lot of me was still missing Chris. But by this point I'm no no offense to Chris, but I'm past that and now I'm dead excited for this.
1: I was kinda thinking of like that we're through that transitional period where in series two there were certain episodes we mentioned where it's like, I can imagine Chris doing this, I can imagine different things come out of it if Chris did this, but now it's very obvious that Russell is writing for david and david's doctor and just totally owning that and owning that kind of fast energy and that Mm. uh, that spark that david can really bring
0: i saw a thing with Freema where she was saying it's hard not to when david's like rattling at a thousand miles an hour with his dialogue and just saying all this stuff and going super fast she says it's hard then not to copy that when Mm. it then comes to her dialogue because she's got to stay calm because she's the assistant and she has to ask you know the stereotype of that, that character is ask the questions and be the the audience's point of view but when you're with someone who's going da 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 da, da for years it's quite tricky to sort of you really want to match his pace because he's running with it but it's not the character it's not the it's not martha's job yet to yeah. uh, you know run away with it what do you think to the blue suit
1: Uh, I was going to bring this up. This is the first time we see the blue suit.
0: Yeah, I love it. I think I might prefer it to the brown suit. Oh,
1: interesting. Why do you think that is? Do you think it's it's because the one advantage I think that it has is that in combination with the brown overcoat, there's much more of a contrast there.
0: Yeah, I do like the brown suit, um, but I sometimes feel like that's the iconic temp dot suit, and I love that that is the suit. If you're gonna cosplay him or draw a picture or do any fan art or whatever, it's the brown suit. But I like the blue suit because, even though it's a similar style, it seems more fitted to him. It's more slim. It looks better. I feel as I feel the brown suit is a bit—it's not baggy, but it's not suited. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't.
1: Wasn't that suit? I believe it was was designed. They built, made it with a material to make it look more creased. Oh, it was a material which creased the brown easily. suit like, like, yeah they wanted the brown suit to have that kind of creased like kind of aged look to it
0: oh okay oh, that's interesting yeah. how about you do you prefer the brown suit then
1: I don't know Ugh, it's hard it's a hard call because um, they both bring I think the blue suit is definitely kind of much more contemporary
0: yeah
1: I feel like and I feel like it's in a way it's kind of more timeless at least in a modern sense but oh I don't know. I don't know.
0: I feel There's the brown suit the brown leans suit. more into the brown suit leans more into that sort of geek chic sort yes. of sexy nerd at the library, whereas this is just a cool suit, I yeah.
1: feel. I mean I have I have a I have a blue suit jacket that's I mean when I got it I wasn't thinking of uh, the Doctor at all. I wasn't even watching Doctor Who at the time, but you know,
0: By that you mean you weren't six and you've kept the same jacket. You mean you just weren't rewatching Doctor Who at the time you bought the jacket?
1: Yeah, that's right. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So I think like the blue suit is only something which I would be more likely to wear.
0: Yeah.
1: But in a way, I feel like maybe the Doctor's clothing shouldn't be clothing that I would want to wear.
0: Yeah.
1: I don't know. There's a lot to be. There's a lot (laughs) of different points of view on a Doctor's costume. Um
0: not only is there a lot of different points of view on the Doctor's costume, but there is also a lot of different monsters in this episode. So there's one, two, off the top of my head, I can think of three villains in this episode. Mm. The scary old woman, the Stig, and the Jadun. Yes. The what Jadoon. do you think to the Slabs, which are the, uh, the, the black-suited Stigs? What do you think to them? Um... <sighs> it Ah. does a really good job I feel this episode, as as something that they do a lot throughout the next two seasons is make the everyday weird so just a guy in a motorcycle outfit that you see most days that's now a slightly off-putting a a bendy straw that's now slightly creepy angels and statues are to come
1: I mean (laughs) that's true, it's kind of really tapping into that thing that uh Stephen Moffat pointed out where it was just making everyday things scary. Yeah. And yes, yeah, so and now, now people in uh wearing bicycle helmets that hide their faces could be aliens. Like you said, the Stig in Top Gear could be an alien. Who who knows?
0: Yeah, I can't watch Top Gear no because I just crippling Yeah, anxiety. I can't watch Top Gear
1: about getting nightmares. Yeah. <laughs> I mean the nightmares are more so about uh Jeremy Clarkson than the Stig, but still.
0: I've seen Jeremy Clarkson. He's really nice. Really good at his job. I'm just going to put that out there.
1: You saw him doing um, He Wants to Be a Millionaire, right?
0: I saw him when I was younger, when I went to see Top Gear Live. That was the three of them when they did arena shows. Um, and then me and a friend um, Josh went and saw them record Who Wants to Be a Millionaire in Manchester. And that was really good. because no, The a...
1: uh, this set of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire looks kind of like a TARDIS interior.
0: It does a bit. <gasps> Maybe he could be, never mind replacing um, Piers Morgan on Good Morning Britain, which is such an outdated reference by the time this episode comes out. Um, It should be the the 14th Doctor. That'd be great. The greatest TARDIS in the world. Um, The VFX on this episode. um, I think this this series, compared to the opening of Series 2 and the opening of Series 1, there is a noticeable improvement in the... um, VFX, the you know the computer generated CGI, yes. and also the alien prosthetics on the actual yes. Jadoon. It looks yes. amazing. The Jadoon,
1: I think, are a real standout. I think of all the uh, prosthetics monsters we've kind of had so far in Yuu, I think the Jadoon are possibly the best looking we've had. Like they yeah. look so good.
0: Yeah. Like Even... They hold up
1: to today's standards, and I know like for Series 12 they updated it to Dune, but I feel like they could have very easily brought back these ones, and they still would have worked great.
0: I mean, I don't think they updated them that much, did they? They had the same costume. I think they just... It's a new mean, head. Yeah, but the, he- the head looked the same, but they had just literally remade it in the sense that they remoulded it, but it was the same mould, if you know what I mean. It doesn't yeah. look different. The only reason it looks different is cuz it's made out of better materials to look good on yeah. camera, but it's a, it, it's the same shape and it's not like they've added a well they added a mohawk to one of them, but that's about it.
1: I guess the advantage of creating a creature based so closely off of uh, a existing um Animal like a rhinoceros is that there's just so many references. Either you know going to a zoo, yeah. or I imagine there are stuffed rhino heads that you can use for reference, can't wait so for you can really get that detail
0: correct. Pun. I can't wait for the meerkats in series thirteen. Just giant meerkats meerkat people just standing on the edge of buildings, looking around. <laughs> um, two questions for you. Do you like a little shop?
1: Um. It depends what the little shops are selling. I like little shops when it's uh, like a little shop that's specialising in a certain thing. Yeah,
0: like, a, you know, I wouldn't go to little like, shop. Was a... Little shop.
1: Well, you know, I feel like I'd rather go to a supermarket than a hospital or a shop.
0: And the second question is why did that guy have a vase in a hospital? I've recently been in a hospital. I don't remember seeing any vases. The guy picked yeah. up a vase and he whacks a jejun over the back of the head of it. Where did he get that from?
1: Uh, the only thing you can think is that someone was visiting someone and they brought them flowers, but you wouldn't bring someone flowers in a vase.
0: I think it's an urn. He's just picked up his dad. And then he sees this round he's like, ah, boof. <laughs> well, uh,
1: that's certainly one perspective, isn't it, Tim? <laughs> I, don't know um... why you'd have... well, I don't know why you'd have an, have an urn in a hospital.
0: Yeah, that's true. You don't <laughs> get the so urn. Maybe you just brought it to show it off to the staff.
1: Why would they... <laughs>
0: Um, going back to the 10th Doctor a little bit, there's, there's some really funny moments in this episode as well. Um, the scene where he's trying to move the radiation around his body and he channels it into one of his shoes, and then the next one where the solid screwdriver blows up. I think that's a really just a fun little scene, especially as a kid, because I feel like without those scenes, this could be quite an intense episode for a kid to watch. Um, so you kind of need those little quirky breaks where it allows David Tennant to do something funny. And I think he does get to do more funny things throughout this series, if I remember rightly.
1: Yeah. Do you think they kind of, like, realised that David Tennant had a lot of appeal specifically for kids, and so they chose to lean into that goofiness?
0: A little bit. I mean, as a kid, he was like the coolest, wasn't he? I loved David Tennant when I was a kid. You want? I was like, oh, I want to look like David Tennant. I want to be the. Well, I don't want to look like. You want to look like the Doctor. Is what you wanted. Yeah. You wanted to be the Doctor. You just wanted to be super cool like that. Um. So yeah, I think they probably very quickly realised that people, like kids especially, really liked David or the character of the Doctor. So they probably did lean into that a little bit, maybe just to keep people, keep kids coming back. Otherwise. It's just another sci fi show, I guess.
1: I guess, like, I mean, Doctor Who's always been scary, but I guess it's just a good uh, counterbalance to all the scary stuff, uh, all yeah. the scary monsters and dangerous scenarios. Uh, the what, what do they call it? Mild Peril.
0: Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: A little bit more than Mild Peril. Yeah. Um, counter that with this uh, quirky guy.
0: <laughs> uh, what did you think on the kiss between the Doctor and Martha?
1: Ah, it's a It's a bit odd, isn't it it's, <laughs> it's I don't know it's it's weird I mean they they have like the justification in the show It's like a bit weird, especially since the only kiss we saw David and Rose share being the one which was instigated by Cassandra.
0: oh, he does kiss Madame de Pompadour, but that's to show her his past, isn't it? Or to let her know who he actually no, he, is.
1: No, that was different. My, my uncle Pompadour, the Pompadour just, like, kissed her. It kissed him because she felt like it.
0: Yeah, but then he they have that second oh, kiss.
1: Did he, did he use a... Was that for a kiss? Was yeah. it not like a... Oh, no, I'm oh, getting oh no, 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 no.
0: No, you are right. Sorry, yeah, they do kiss. And then there's another one where he just puts his hands... Yeah, he was the doing head.
1: the hand thing.
0: Yeah, you yeah. are right, yeah. I mean... It doesn't bother me. I don't have a problem with the doctor kissing his companions or anything like that. No, I, imagine I, don't. It, I imagine at the time, and I remember as a kid not being bothered by it, but um, I imagine at the time there was probably a group of nerds who didn't like it. Um, but it is very Russell. It's very Russell T Davies. It, it's like the only bit of sort of sexy campness I feel that's the most he can get away with in Doctor Who at this yeah. point.
1: I mean, it kind of does certainly bring up questions of um, how exactly the Doctor feels towards Martha, like whether there is a romantic element there or yeah. if it is kind of, as you said just, as the Doctor said, just like a transference. It, it's hard to, it's very hard to pin how exactly the de- uh, the Doctor feels about Martha,
0: especially in, in that stuff. in that one scene. Throughout the series, I feel it becomes a bit more. Uh... A bit more clear. But, um, before I... I'm going to skip to the end of the episode where we, she steps on board the TARDIS. Is there anything before then that you want to touch on? I uh,
1: can't think of
0: anything. Did um, you pick up on the Saxon reference this episode? Did you see it? Yes, yes. About
1: uh, Oh, I only picked up on the one uh, when Marth was stoning her mum and the phone call where she mentioned Saxon.
0: Yeah, she does, doesn't she? And then the other one is when she and David are standing outside the TARDIS in that back alley on the wall, there is a couple of Vote Saxon posters.
1: Uh, I didn't see those. Yes, yeah, so those are the
0: ones. Um, I like the fact that she says it's bigger on the inside, because that allows me to use that clip several times during trailers and adverts for the podcast. And I like her, I, I especially like it, because I like, oh, hang on a second. I'm just going to pause this, because I'm getting a phone call One second, I'm recording. Oh, we're back. Um, yeah. I love it when she steps on board the TARDIS, and the Doctor mouths the words... It's bigger on the inside, almost like he's like, yeah, yeah. Here we go again. The same sort of. I I like. I don't like Doctor Who to be totally self-aware, but stuff like that, I think it's quite fun. Where it answers its own sort of ridiculousness.
1: It's showing that now the show's been back for a while, it feels more comfortable, kind of acknowledging and embracing its legacy. Yeah. That that yeah. This is something he's heard countless times before.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, I love it when they take off and he leans across and shakes her hand and says, welcome aboard, Martha Jones, because it does feel something that we will get more of in Series 4, that this is an, a love relationship for them both, but there is a, a really good friendship there.
1: Yeah, I feel like those, at least, I'm not saying they better or worse, but I feel like more friendship over romantic dynamics The one advantage is that kind of I feel like there's more kind of a comfort between them, they're more comfortable in each other. And that means that the companions can then consequently start to kind of hold the Doctor to account a bit more, which is something which I feel is a really valuable thing in a companion for them to be able to do.
0: Exactly, exactly. Um, Oh, I do have one more question, Harry. Um, Are you ready for the quiz? Patience is for win Whoa! Oh. <laughs> I've got Let's a... Go. We've, we've got a bumper quiz this week. One, two, four questions. I'm not
1: going to get any of
0: them right. And one of them, I can't remember the, the, the questions because I only write the answers. Okay, so question number one is, the old woman, at the start of the episode, when she's asked what she's eaten for the last several days, what does she recall to have eaten? It's the same uh, meal about five different times. Uh, oh no, mash and peas. It's a salad. Uh, what is the name of the hospital they are at?
1: Uh, is it Royal
0: Court? Oh, it's the Royal Hope Hospital. Uh, when um, um Reggie Yates is celebrating his birthday at the end of the episode, how old is he? Was he 18? 21. Ah. Oh, Martha's 23. I did look it up, by the way. Ah, cool. Um, Now, I've wrote a, a famous person's name down here, and I can't remember the question. But What's uh, the
1: famous person's name? Okay, so if
0: you can tell me what the question could have been, I'll give you a point. The famous person's name is Emily Pankhurst.
1: Oh, that was the reference to one of the people who... <laughs> uh, that's who stole... Uh, the Doctor's electric spanner. Wasn't there
0: lasers? Ah, uh, yes, it? that's it, yeah. Well done, you've got one yeah. out of four there. Um, a few little bonus facts here about the episode. And that whole opening scene with marathon on a had to be redubbed afterwards. Um, when the guy came to play the slab at the, start of the, at the start of the episode, he was fired because he lied about his height and he was too small. Um, the new suit was brought in to separate Series 2 and Series 3. And the uh, the old guy who runs the hospital, who dies, his name is um, B. Stoker, which is a play on Bram Stoker, who created the character of Dracula. So there oh, yes,
1: yeah, because his blood
0: was sucked. Yeah. Um, so we've done that. We've done the quiz. What's next? Going to recommend some stuff. You got any recommendations? Before I go, I just want to tell you, you were fantastic.
1: Oh, there's one last thing I wanted to bring up with the episode. That's OK.
0: Go for it, Ned.
1: Um, is this, I don't know if it's a new title sequence in terms of, like, visuals, but it definitely, it's definitely a new, uh, theme.
0: It's more noticeable
1: people in the credits because they bring back the middle eight.
0: yeah, Yeah, they do at the closing credits, don't they? I noticed.
1: Yeah.
0: And also at the opening, I think there's a bit more guitar in there. It's a bit more rock.
1: Hmm.
0: Yeah, no, I definitely picked up on that. Oh, also, we got some lovely things on Instagram. People really enjoyed the episodes. I just don't have time to read them out this week, unfortunately. But go over to our Instagram. Links are in the description if you listen to this on iTunes. If you listen to this on YouTube, it's all in the description. You just go over there every now and again. I'll ask your opinions on episodes. And we tend to read them out. I just don't have time this week. Um, anything? Oh, yeah, sorry. Recommendations. Do you have anything to recommend? You know what? This is
1: a really box sand one. And I reckon people watch it anyway, but... You know, I watched uh, the Sun Up to Cancer uh, celebrity Bake Off last night, and I just forgot how damn good Bake Off is. Like, that just classic. Daisy Daisy was awesome, and she was actually really lovely.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, Oh, that makes my recommendations look rubbish. I was going to recommend a new drink that I had: Pepsi Max Raspberry.
1: Ooh, I really like the cherry one. Pepsi Max Cherry is my favorite uh, soft drink. So yeah. I'd be interested to try Raspberry.
0: Yeah, Can you well, just I... get it
1: in any any um, retail I
0: got it I got it at BP I got it at BP petrol station, the petrol for me. Um Ooh. oh also you on the road. oh no I'll mention it I'll mention it when we next record. I won't mention it next this time. I've got some other podcast news but I'll tell you off a um, so yeah thanks for listening guys and Girls, um, <laughs> um, I don't know why that maybe lasts so much. Um, a slightly shorter watch song this week. Next week, we'll, we will uh, we will be back with what Harry? Oh, I didn't do that this week. I didn't ask you what episode we were watching. I just told you.
1: Yeah, you did, and yeah, ep- and it was fine. Usually, when we do that, the episode's a bit bad.
0: Yeah, because we sort of throw each other off sync.
1: Yeah.
0: So, what are we watching next week, Harry?
1: Uh, the Shakespeare
0: something. Shakespeare's code or globe? What is it? Not globe. Is it the Shakespeare's code? Might be. Come back next week and find out. Bye-bye! Bye-bye! Make sure you subscribe to the official bigger on the inside podcast